What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about our friends over at Lightshade Dispensary. You can visit them online at lightshade.com or you can go to a location near you. They have 10 premium dispensary locations in Colorado and soon to be 11 in the Denver Metro and Aurora area. And they've got something for everyone from the casual consumer to the connoisseur. Lightshade has a premium selection of cannabis concentrates, top shelf flower ed- edibles, tinctures, accessories, and much more. And if you use the code DNVR in person or online, you'll get 25% off non-sale items. And they have Escape Artist right now, which is the highest award topical brand in Colorado that prioritizes quality and consistency with ratios available in one-to-one and high-ratio CBDs of 20-to-1. They've got you covered with all things Escape Artist. So make sure to check them out whether you want to grab Escape Artist or whether you want to shop their other products. Use the code DNVR online or in person to get 25% off. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Number one for the one and only DNVR. Two girls out to Zach Mace, RK at the bar. Three for Mr. B in that old trophy case. Number four still waiting for, well, bring on the chase. Out on the field at Mile High, Broncos win is on. Couple with brick, brew and a friend bleed orange and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us, DDNVR. We are DNVR. Welcome, welcome, welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this terrific Thursday. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason, and we're back in person today. And MSU Denver is always there for you, whether you're in person or online. MSU Denver Online has got you covered. They're, of course, our presenting sponsor of today's pod. And what's great about MSU Denver is wherever you are in the country, in the world, you can go and get an education. And that education will allow you to take either one class or get an entire degree. And you can do that over at MSU Denver Online. And right now, they're giving you a chance to waive the application fee so you can get in for free. Use the code DNVR Sports over at MSU Denver Online to get your application fee waived. So check them out over at MSU Denver Online. My boy, Mace, how's it going? It's going all right. I'm knocking on wood because... Mm, You're touching wood. Yeah, well, you say touching wood. I say knocking on wood. (laughs) Knocking on wood because we're here because... We tested negative yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's why we're here in person. Uh, not so good for the Broncos right now in that regard. It is not. It is not. Broncos supposed to be practicing right now, and they are not. And that is why we are here with you right now instead of at Broncos practices because the Broncos have canceled practice due to the spread of COVID that is happening in the UC Health Training Center. Yesterday, the Broncos placed four players on the COVID list. Earlier this week, they placed two players on the COVID list, and today they are expected to place potentially five more players on the COVID list. Some significant names from what I'm hearing, Mace. Mm -hmm. We don't know exactly those names today. Of course, yesterday... Tim Patrick led the way in terms of prevalent names. You also had Tyree Cleveland, so multiple guys in the wide receiver room. Uh, And then who else did? did Calvin Anderson and Caden Stearns. So your backup left tackle and your your dime backer. And oh, by the way, I mean, it's it's happening on both sides because, of course, 
you had earlier this week, Mike Williams, Chris Harris Jr., and Asir Adderley with the Chargers going on the COVID list on Monday. Now, if they test out by Saturday, they, which they can, they could be in the lineup for Sunday. Everyone who test, tested positive yesterday, including Tim Patrick, they can't play Sunday. The guys that we'll end up seeing here, we'll, we'll find out for certain when the wire comes out here at some point, probably in the next 60 to 90 minutes. They won't, they won't play. And also, to go back to the Chargers, they got seven guys back yesterday, including Joey Bosa. Yep, so big news for them. Slightly good news for the Broncos. Mm-hmm. They got Lloyd Cushenberry back mm-hmm. yesterday, and maybe it's actually very good news the way the offensive line looked yeah. without Lloyd Cushenberry this past week. So that's good. They'll have him back, and there is a chance the Broncos will also get Mike Purcell back, who tested positive mm-hmm. earlier this week. They could get him back, so good for both sides of the line because the Broncos weren't able to run the ball last week, and they weren't able to stop the run. They're going to need to be able to do both of those things this week. And you're going to have Garrett Bowles, right? Because he just had a case in the last couple of months. Exactly. So he should be okay. And you're going to have Drew Locke because he had his own positive test back in November. He should be good to go and no matter why, what. So. And why you're able to say that about guys that have already tested positive is there's a 90-day mm. period after you test positive and come back where you don't have to test anymore. To so reflect you, you, immunity, the natural immunity that you have. So you don't have to worry about those guys testing positive, but not good news. And based from, from what I've heard behind the scenes, there are going to be some significant players, at least one or two, that yeah. come up on this list for the Broncos, and that is no good. And, of course, Mace, it doesn't mean that the spread is over. We know that just canceling practice for one day doesn't mean that it's not going to spread anymore. We may see practice canceled tomorrow. We may mm-hmm. see practice canceled on Saturday. And, of course, the Broncos have to travel out to Los Angeles on Saturday. I asked Vic today, excuse me, I asked Vic today if there's been any talk of moving the game, and he said no. And it, mm-hmm. unless it, it would have to be really bad for the NFL to move mm-hmm. it. I know they moved a couple of games uh, a few weeks ago. They are not going to do that unless they absolutely have to. Yeah, and there are a lot of complicating factors in play. You just cough there. You okay there, Zach? Yes, I'm fine. <laughs> it just my my throat is really dry. All right. Uh, okay, but you tested negative. I tested so negative So I, I feel a lot better <laughs> about that. And actually, um, one of the reasons why we were remote is that there was somebody that I was around for dinner last Friday who had symptoms. Turned out they tested negative, but I just said, let's just be careful here. And that's why I, that's why it was my fault that we were doing this stuff remotely. So I apologize. But <laughs> apologize. again, abundance of caution. That's what we're going with right now, right? Exactly. So fortunately, exactly. we had the test on Wednesday, negative. Uh, all good to go. Now, one interesting thing about... Um, why they don't want to delay the games at all is there is a flexible scheduling thing for week 18 where two games are getting moved to that Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yep. So and we don't know who it is, we, right? It can be any. It could be any. So not only are you going to have a game get bumped to Sunday night, but you're going to have two games played on Saturday. And, and presumably these are going to be, how shall we put this? Games with, if they can, games with standalone playoff relevance. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a playoff game before the playoffs start. Or, yeah, either for getting in the playoffs or for seeding. And the reason why that comes up is, uh, you know, there's a there's a, a circumstance there where you could see Broncos Chiefs getting moved up to Saturday because the Chiefs 
would need the game to clinch the number one seed, whereas, and the Titans could cash them, but the Titans would still be playing for seed a day later. So it's possible that Broncos-Chiefs could be a game that, if circumstances work out a certain way this weekend, gets bumped to, gets moved up 24 hours to Saturday, and in that case, even more reason why you want to get this game in on Sunday if at all possible. Well, Mace, yeah. I think in order for the Broncos game to be bumped to Saturday, I think the Broncos would have to be playing for something. And uh, yes, it doesn't seem like the Broncos will be playing for something, but there's a chance. And let's dive into this conversation. Yeah, I think the Chiefs would be enough, though. Remember, the Chiefs were enough to get the Broncos to Sunday Night Football last mo- or earlier this month. So. Hey, no, no, no. Broncos yeah. are playing. That, that was for first in the oh. AFC West there. Broncos yeah. are playing for something. Yeah, they, they could have taken Chief Chargers Bengals. We all know what that was about. That was getting Patrick Mahomes on national television. It, it, it was, but the Broncos were also playing for something. And <sighs> it's not crazy to say the Broncos will be playing for something next week as well, even though we have, I think, rightfully written off the Broncos' playoff odds this year. According to 538, the Broncos' chances to make the playoffs 0.1%. That is bad news. The good news is, Mace, I think the reality of them making the playoffs is much higher than 0.1% now. It's not 50%, but I think it's a lot better than 0.1%. We touched on it yesterday, but there's four things that have to happen this week for the Broncos to be alive next week. The four things, first, Broncos have to take care of business against the Chargers. Next, Rams have to beat the Ravens. The Titans have to beat the Dolphins. And the Browns have to beat the Steelers. So that's a four-team parlay of what you need to happen there. But Mace, outside of the Broncos playing the Chargers, every other team that the Broncos need to win, they're favorites in the game. They're favorites, but at the same time, you've got, it's not like they're overwhelming favorites. Like, for example, just to be alive when they kick off against the Chargers, the Broncos need Miami to lose at Tennessee and Baltimore to lose to the Rams. Right now... The Dolphins have a 45% chance of winning in Tennessee. So they've got a 55% chance of losing. Right. And the Ravens have a 46% chance of winning. But the thing is... 54% chance of losing. Yes. But then you need both of them to lose. This is why parlays are so tough to pull off. So if you take those percentages right there, there is... Again, you need both teams to lose. There's a 29.7% chance of both teams losing so start right there the Broncos aren't playing for the Broncos have basically a 70% chance of being eliminated either at kickoff or before so it starts there okay it starts there and if if let's say you want to put this in in a teaser in a parlay itself Mace like like you're talking about those two for the Broncos just to be Mm -hmm. alive plus Mm -hmm. 126 that's not bad okay so let's move on to the Bronco Charger game. Okay. 34% chance of winning according to 538, right? For the Broncos. Yes. So that coupled with the fact there's a 29%, 29.7% chance of them being alive means the Broncos' chances of being alive on Sunday as of Sunday night are 10.1%. Then you have Cleveland against Pittsburgh and before on we, Monday. Before we get in there, the yeah. parlay odds there yeah. really increase. Now in, you're in a, in a favorable way if you want to make money, not in a good way if you want realistic odds. You're about that 10 to 1 up, right now, right? The, uh, plus 624. Okay. All right. 
Cleveland has to beat Pittsburgh. Cleveland goes in, in this game with a 47% chance of winning against the Steelers. So, 47 47 percent really because they're three and a half point favorites okay we're going so by the odds are different yes so going by that 4.7 percent a 47 percent chance broncos 10 percent chance means that the broncos chances of being alive after week 17 are 4.7 percent so basically 21 to 1 odds of the broncos still having a chance after week 17 so we start we start there the odds are long of them still being in the mix even after this week. Yep. And then they get even longer, and you may have to kind of adjust those odds based on whether the Chiefs are playing for something or not. According to 538, Chiefs have a 75% chance of winning in Denver in Week 18. Let's say that's with, you know, with them at full strength. If the Chiefs have clinched, I think the Broncos' chances go to 80%, right? Mm-hmm. But then you have a host of other results that need to happen in Week 18. Miami has to lose to the Patriots. Baltimore has to lose to Pittsburgh. Cleveland has to lose to Cincinnati. Las Vegas must lose to the Chargers. By the way, those, those four things... The odds of them happening are 3.7%. So that's on top of the 4.7% chance that you have of even being in it after week 17. After week 17, And then adjusting for whether the Broncos are playing a Chiefs team, playing for something or not. If the Chiefs clinch this week, the Broncos have... A 719 to 1 chance of the playoffs. Hey, say that if again? A what? 719 to 1. That's 0.139%. 0.13. So you agree with uh, those odds makers? I think, uh, I think it's right on. If the Chiefs don't clinch this week and have a 75% chance of winning in Denver, those odds go to 2,300 to 1. So not only, and there's more of a chance of the Chiefs playing for something than not playing for something because. If you look at the two results that need to happen for the Chiefs to have clinched, they have to win, and the Titans have to against the Bengals, and the Titans have to lose to Miami. And so, looking at that and the percentage chances of that, there's a 28.35 percent chance that the Chiefs clinch in Week 17. So there's a 71.65 percent chance that they don't clinch. So the odds are you're facing a Chiefs team that is playing for something. And so realistically, you're looking at the Broncos' odds of being in the playoffs actually not being better than they might seem, but worse, more like on the whole, about 1,700 to 1. I disagree with that. I think I think that's just math. That That's the math right there. You man. disagree but, with the math. Well, the thing is you're disagreeing with math. I'm disagreeing. Yes, because Zach's I'm bringing— Zach's anti-math. Because I'm bringing— uh, <laughs> the football part into this. And yes, the odds seem very, very unlikely. But Mace, again, we're talking about four things have to happen this week. The most unlikely one is the Broncos beating the Chargers. You know what? The Broncos already beat the Chargers this year. They've already done that. Now, they're going to have some some difficulties. Backup quarterback, some guys on the COVID lifts. Chargers are also battling that a little bit. But that's the most difficult. Then they just need three favorites to win this week. And I know when you parlay all of these things, that gets a little crazy. But I don't think it's that crazy for the Broncos to be alive 
after this week. 21 to 1. Is that crazy? I don't think it's, I don't th- see, that's what I'm saying. I don't think the, those odds are as crazy as, 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 as the math would say. All three favorites are supposed to win. So what and do then, you think the odds would be? For, take, forget about taking win probability. Let's just go the, the Zach off the top of my head. In my, my, the Zach gut feeling index, what are the odds? Um, after this week? Or this, of staying alive. I said, I said the odds are 21 to 1 of them staying alive based on kind of all the percentage chances. What is your gut feeling on the Broncos, being, the gut feeling odds on the Broncos being alive Heading into week 18. Yeah, I'm going to say uh, 30% that they're alive without the Broncos game. You throw the Broncos game in there. I'm going to go 10%. You have to throw You have to throw the Broncos game in. That's part right, of what so I did. So, so I you're did. saying I said, I said so you're 10%. Saying 10, so basically. Exactly. So that's why I think so like, I think it's better than the odds. 10, with, so basically like 10 to 1 instead of. Ex- exactly. Or 9 exactly. to 1. And then Mace, they are, the odds are long. But what, what I'm saying is when you look at this, it's not like the Broncos need the Jets to beat the Patriots. You're not you're not talking about like things that you can't imagine happening. Um and yes, we we do have some confirmed news. I have confirmed this as well that Bobby Massey is uh being placed on the COVID list right now. So Broncos Mace, this is brutal. Broncos are without Bobby Massey and Calvin Anderson. Better hope better hope Garrett Bowles doesn't get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you're talking about you do mm-hmm. still have um oh my gosh why am i blanking his name quinn bailey um you you have quinn bailey but who's the other guy who started multiple games this year uh you had um <laughs> i'm blanking too yeah i guess you, i'm in a mental fog the, right the, now the the high paid or not high paid but the free agent that you brought uh brought in oh cameron fleming. Cam, cam fleming. fleming cam fleming there we go so, so fleming will play right tackle yes fleming will play right tackle and then you have quinn bailey as your swing tackle mm. right now mace and that is assuming that there's no other ones. Now that we've had a positive test in the offensive line room yesterday and a positive test today, that is very concerning. So the first name we find out, Mace, is a starter right off the bat. Well, and the other thing also is this goes back to the Raiders having four positive tests among defensive starters on Monday. Mm-hmm. So... Is there evidence, uh, you know, they may say, oh, there's no evidence of spread, but you're talking, you are talking about close contact, people being tackled, and don't forget, it's an indoor stadium, too. It's not open air. Mm-hmm. It's Yes, it's plenty of wide open space, ventilation, but it is an, it is an indoor stadium. So what I'm saying is I don't think the Broncos, even if, even if they, even after today, just based on the incubation time, I don't think the Broncos are by any stretch out of the woods on, on this on positive test going into the weekend as well. No, no, I. So agree. this is going to be this is something where I mean again it wouldn't surprise me if they have to cancel practice tomorrow too, if there are more positive tests. Now of course I mean, right now because of the new protocols, it is incumbent upon the players saying that they have symptoms and going in and getting tested. Right. right. So players could be like. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I, I, I feel good. <laughs> Although the thing is, if they tried that and they got on the plane, the jig would be up pretty quickly. And that yeah. that's something else here that's very They're concerning. getting on a plane on Saturday. The Broncos are getting on a plane on Saturday. And we remember what happened when they went to Dallas. Yeah. Drew Locke found out, I believe, in the middle of the flight yeah. that, that he had been exposed to COVID. Test right after he got off the plane was negative. The next day, the next morning, right before the game, test positive. 
that's something that the Broncos could be facing in here as well. I remember today, Bridgewater was testing before the game and actually had a false positive in the in the morning of. There was a very real shot that Brett Rippon was going to have to play that game. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and then I don't think the Broncos would be even in these incredibly remote and quite unrealistic playoff discussions to begin with. <laughs> They'd just be done. Yep, they, they would be done, but they're not done. And, of course, over here at DNVR, we're certainly not done. We've got happy hour every single day from 3 to 6. We've got every Colorado sports game on, and, man, this weekend is going to be an absolute blast here at the bar. Mace, tomorrow we've got college football. Saturday we've got college football all day. Sunday we've got the Broncos going into Los Angeles where we will be here checking out the game of course you will be in LA but we Ryan and I will be here doing the post game pod live as well so you got to make sure to come down to the bar and hang out here whether you're coming for some delicious food or whether you're coming for some awesome sports we will have it all here at the bar and make sure to join our family because when you do you'll get a member size beer for the price of a regular beer yeah and if you come on down the DMVR bar, you're going to want to make sure that uh, you've got proper grooming up top. But also, even though nobody's going to see, you want to have proper grooming down below the waist. So check out the products from our friends over at Manscaped. If you didn't get what you wanted for Christmas, if you didn't get the items that will help keep things trim and clean and looking great and smelling great below the waistline, you're going to want to check out what Manscaped has, particularly that performance package. 4.0, which of course includes the lawnmower 4.0, which has that 7,000 RPM motor, the LED lights, so you can you can take care of business even in the dark, and it's waterproof. So if you for some reason you want to trim your ball trim your ball hair on the snow or whatever, you can do that with Manscaped.com. By the way, it is going to be snowing on New Year's TV here in Denver, so if you're feeling frisky, maybe that's something to think about. And if you want a you want to get that at a great price. Use the code DNVR and get 20% off at, and free shipping at manscaped.com. So you can get that performance package 4.0. You can get their cologne, their body wash, their shampoo, their conditioner, all of which are going to have you smelling great above and below the equator. And get it all for 20% off by using the code DNVR at manscaped.com. Make sure that your balls are nice and smooth like Tom Brady in the fourth quarter and check out everything at manscaped.com. Get yourself the gift that maybe you didn't get for Christmas but you want or need at manscaped.com and use the code DMVR for 20% off and free shipping. The gift that everyone wants, especially if you're getting it for yourself, is some Breckenridge Brewery. We've still got a Christmas ale keg here and it's not too late to get yourself one of those kegs. You're probably going to be having a party or two this weekend with celebrating the new year watching football. You're going to want to have a lot of Breckenridge Brewery. And if you're not sure where to get it, go to the Breck Brew Locator on their website and you'll be able to find the beer. It's so cool. You can even see exactly what specific beers are at what liquor store and bars. That is really cool thing. And it's always season for strawberry sky season. But of course, we're entering vanilla porter season. You can get yourself one of those as well. So make sure to check them out. Breckenridge Brewery the official beer of DNVR. All right, Mace, why don't we pick these games, and we will see if maybe it's a little more realistic than you think. Maybe you will have all four of these teams that the Broncos need to make the playoffs. Maybe you'll have them all four winning. But first, let's take a look at our standings because we may have to trust you on who's going to win because, Mace, you're at the top of our standings How here. How the hell did that happen? 
You and Ryan tied for first. I'm just one game back, though. You know, I, 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 we're, I'm like the Broncos just a couple weeks ago. You know, fourth in the division, but really only a game back. Yeah. Hey, let's do it. Let's do it, and let's take a dive. And you know what? Let's do the Broncos game last here, Mace. So let's go around the wet. The now we're we picking point spread or straight up on this. We're, let's let's do straight up on the pod because we're gonna have our Broncos okay. pick them later this week, and, right. and and that's when we'll do the uh, the spreads here. Especially, right, I'll give you a hint. My straight up and point spread picks are different. Ah, I like that. I like that. So yeah. for betting purposes, you're gonna have to check out our Broncos pick them. That'll drop in the next couple of days. But for the Broncos' playoff yeah. odds, we'll get to see if those are still alive right now. If you're old enough to remember Jimmy the Greek, it's something like, I, you know, I like Dallas, but by a field goal <laughs> when they're when they're a four point favorite. So no idea what you're talking about, but I like the character. Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's a thirty for thirty on Jimmy the Greek, but if. That is a reference that pretty much nobody below the age of 40 gets at this point. <laughs> yes, I the Greek. no idea what you're talking about. But, Mace, you said there's two games in the morning, Sunday morning. First one, Rams at Ravens. After this game, are the Broncos still alive? Broncos need the Rams. I'll tell you what, the Ravens got a dose of good news today with Tyler Huntley coming off the COVID list. And that was kind of one of the things that pushed them over the edge. They should have a more robust roster available to them, even if Lamar Jackson doesn't play at home, Rams on a cross-country trip. Mm. I'm actually calling for the Ravens to win this game, and this would eliminate the Broncos. Ah, Broncos are eliminated before they even <laughs> Sorry. kick off, according to Mace. Yikes. But, Mace, I thought you were going to say the dose of good news was that Lamar Jackson is officially playing. He's going to be 100%, and then I would be on your bandwagon. He doesn't look like 100% based on the film that we or the video that we saw yesterday from Owings Mills, Maryland, at the Ravens facility, how he looked at practice, which was – to say he was moving gingerly is being kind. He he looked like he, he looked like a septic genarian about to have a knee replacement. <laughs> and that is why I can't pick the Ravens. According mm. to me, I think the Broncos are going to be alive in the playoff hunt after this game. I think the Rams will win. Man, did the Ravens look really bad last week against the Bengals. But they're playing at home Mm -hmm. and not playing against – well, they're still playing against a really good team. But Tyler Huntley, maybe he's the difference. Yeah, they should have a little bit more available on defense after uh, last week as well. So I think think the Ravens – it'll be unwieldy. I think the Ravens will get it done. And if Huntley is in there, he – Basically has a little more success than he did against the Packers. Went up against a uh, look. The Packers are a better team than the Rams. Can we all agree on that? At this point, the Packers are a better team than the Rams. No, you don't we, agree. We, we can't agree. Fine. Well, I think the Packers <laughs> are better than the Rams, and the Ravens were a two point conversion away from being the Packers. They'll get the Rams with Huntley. I think they'll get the dub. That's fair. That that's very fair. Makes you have a, a chance to pick up a game on Ryan and I here because Ryan is also. Going with the Rams. All right, the next one that kicks off before the Broncos game, Dolphins at Titans. Like we said, Broncos need the home Titans to win. Yeah, and uh, this is one where the I think that the Dolphins finally get a little bit exposed here. Not to where they get oh. blown out, but maybe it looks a lot like the Titans game against the 49ers where they struggle a bit, but just kind of keep, keep wailing away, keep... As Jack Del Rio would have said, keep chopping wood, and they pull a late win out of the fire, which would in turn mean that 
no matter what the Chiefs did against the Bengals, the Chiefs would have to come to Denver in Week 18 on point playing for the number one seed. Right, exactly. It would mean that. So you've got the Titans winning. I think the Dolphins' magic continues. Eight straight wins, and Ryan's going with the Dolphins as well. So regardless, we all three think the Broncos' playoff no odds wonder, will be No done. wonder you think that the Broncos' odds are better than I do because, <laughs> I mean, not only I, I had the math, I'm literally picking the things, that at least one thing that would prevent the Broncos from being in the po- being in the postseason conversation by 4 o'clock. Oh, well. Well, me as well. Yeah, yeah I've, got the, I've got the Dolphins winning, so the Broncos are eliminated before yeah. the Broncos game as well. Oh, well. All right, let's go to the night game. Browns at Steelers. Monday night football, and I got the Pittsburgh Steelers getting it done at home. Oh, okay. Ben Roethlisberger's last game at Heinz Field. Do you think he pulls it off? Going to be a lot of emotion there for this one, I think. Mm. Yeah. Ryan is with you, Mace. I'm taking the favorites. Mm-hmm. Three and a half point Browns going into Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's been way too down this mm-hmm. year. I'm going Browns, and the, man, this is my chance to tie you guys. Cle- Cleveland just keeps finding ways to lose. That's the they thing. Do. I mean, they they go to they should have beaten Green Bay if Baker Mayfield isn't just being Santa Claus to the Green Bay Packers. Pardon me on Christmas Day. The Browns do win that game. I mean, I'm a Baker Mayfield guy, but Baker lost that game for Cleveland. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Fair to be concerned about Baker right now. Yes, me as well. And it seems like reports are coming out that the Browns may want to run it back with him for one more year, but that's a tough place to be. Well, and the other thing is, it's kind of a sometimes you're looking at the options that you have. Baker Mayfield's probably their best option. He's pro, and, and look, he's still, at least with him, you can look and say there's a couple of successful seasons that he's had. His rookie year, and then year three when he got when he got the Browns to the playoffs, and they went to Kansas City in the divisional round and and gave the Chiefs a scare. So you kind of at least there's some success that you can lean on and say, well, all right, let's see where let's see what happens here with him on the fifth year option. Right. But basically, he goes in with one year to save his career in Cleveland. Exactly. I mean, a former number one overall pick who hasn't been a bust, you have to imagine that they're right. going to give him every opportunity to earn it. He's still literally the best quarterback that they've had since Bernie Kosar. Yeah, which is just wild. I mean, <clears throat> it, it says, again, it says a lot about what the quarterbacking standard has been in Cleveland, especially since they came back into the NFL in 1999. But, I mean, he, he's the best quarterback they've had in multiple generations. Yeah, and, we're and ta- that does have to kind of govern your thinking a little bit. And I know that he had a really good season last year, but mm-hmm. when you just look at this season, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater has a better statistical season kind of easily than, than Baker Mayfield. He has more touchdowns uh, and I believe fewer interceptions, a higher completion percentage, and I believe even more passing yards. This is why, and I know it's going to drive some, some of y'all watching this and listening to this pod crazy, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be starting for somebody in week one next year. Yep, yep. And actually, I he, don't expect it'll be here, but he's going to be somebody's starter at the opening of the season, even if he's got a first, got Malik Willis or Sam Howell yeah, yeah. or Desmond Ritter standing on the sideline behind him waiting to develop. Exactly. Uh, yes. And to confirm, Teddy has a better completion percentage, more passing yards, more touchdowns, fewer interceptions, a better passer rating than How about Baker y- Mayfield. Yards per attempt, too. 
Uh, I'm not sure. I don't have that okay. up here right now. Uh, but, and I think you can also look that there's been some speculation. I think uh, Doug Barn or, or Barn Bill Barnwell, Bill Barnwell earlier this week, I believe, he put out uh, a, a piece about potential trades and said maybe Matt Ryan to the Broncos. Teddy Bridgewater has better stats than Matt Ryan this year. Let, mm-hmm. Let's just, like, not get too caught up in the names of quarterbacks, but more so who they are right now. And again, I'm not trying to raise Teddy Bridgewater and say the Broncos should sign him four years, $100 million. I'm, I'm trying to say that by lowering other people and saying, let's not get too crazy caught up in, in names and who people have been. Well, think about this. Let's say, again, this is going to drive people nuts. But what if... I, I had this discussion on the radio yesterday. I'm going to give Eric Goodman credit for this idea because he based it off Bill Barnwell said, what if the Broncos traded for Matt Ryan? No, I'm already out. All right, fine. But no, <laughs> I just want to, I, I'm not putting it out for you. I'm putting it out for the viewers and listeners. What if the Broncos traded for Matt Ryan and they trade a 2023 first round pick? Oh my god! But 2022 round one pick was a quarterback behind Matt Ryan. And so basically Matt Ryan allowed you to have a chance, a better chance in 2022, but you weren't screwing up the future. You weren't making the mistake you did with Case Keenum. You were actually kind of going over the top and committing resources to that. That's, and I say, okay, yeah, that would make sense. But here's the thing. If Matt Ryan his if you trade for him, it's $25 million on your cap next year. Right. Okay. Aren't you better off just bringing back Bridgewater on a one or two year deal if you're going to draft that quarterback? One hundred percent. And then you cannot right. do that. And then aren't you better off still if instead of Bridgewater, if you do draft a quarterback, you sign an Andy Dalton or Tyrod Taylor at roughly half the price that Bridgewater might command. Yeah, Tyrod, I I, I could be down for that. Now yeah. it absolutely must include drafting a quarterback. But bingo, the- that's the key. That's the key. To this whole thing. This is if you don't get Rodgers and you don't get Wilson, and you're saying, all right, we got to get QB one in this draft. Mace, I I get sick. Remember, George Payton said there are quarterbacks available every year more than franchise corners, right? Yeah, well, here's is, the test, which is absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. I get sick on the idea of trading for Matt Ryan. I get I don't blame you. I get nauseous at the idea of giving up uh, a semi good pick. I don't even know where my head's at thinking about trading a first rounder for him, like Barnwell suggested. That yeah. and if they do that, they're not drafting a quarterback in the first round this year. So that that would just be a nightmare in my mind. I and mean, that's that, my fear. Yeah. That if they got Matt Ryan, they'd say we're good. If oh, they t- would. They would. If you told me Matt Ryan was partnered with, say, with just name your quarterback. If they like Sam Howell, if right. Sam Howell is sitting on standing on the sideline with a, with the earpiece in his ear and he's and he's basically soaking everything in. If it's Desmond Ritter, any Matt Corral, any of these guys, if you had if you had them behind Matt Ryan, I'd say fine. But my fear is that. If, if they did trade for Matt Ryan, it would be very much like Case Keenum in 18 where they said, oh, we're good. That, we're, that's we're, what it would be. It, w- it would be yeah. Joe Flacco to a worse extent because you'd be giving up more, and it would be the exact same thing. It would be saying Matt Ryan's in his prime. And, the last and I don't time, want a round two quarterback, by the way. No, and the last oh. time Matt Ryan had uh, a great season was in 2018. 
So you would have to convince yourself that he is the quarterback he was three or four years ago once it's 2020. That is crazy. We learned that with Joe Flacco. Don't do that. Okay, I don't even know how we got on this path, but it makes me upset, Mace. And I'm also upset because we've already eliminated the Broncos from the playoffs. But let's dive back (laughs) into these picks right now. We got the Raiders and the Colts. Let's dive into the AFC picks specifically right now. Raiders, Colts, a lot of weird things going on. Seemed like Carson Wentz was for sure out for this game. Then the protocols changed right after he gets put on. It seems like he's eligible to be back this week. I don't think we'll know until right around game time if he's back. Maybe Sunday morning, Saturday night. So who do you have in this game just straight up? Well, you know what? I mean, this is the thing. This is why picking games is a especially as early as we're talking about here it's a fool's errand because we don't know what the Colts lineup is going to look like I mean is is Wentz going to be cleared who knows um it might be Sam Ellinger in there I'm still going to go with the Colts mm, because of your guy JT Jonathan Taylor and the Colts should have I mean, they should be a bit more fortified on the offensive line than they were last week against Arizona, and they still got the job done. If if any team is kind of at this point right now built to withstand having to go with a rookie quarterback and just say, all right, we're going to hand the ball off a bunch, there are probably two teams that stand out, the New England Patriots and the Indianapolis Colts. And I'd put the Colts ahead of the Pats because of the quality of the running back and, and the guys that are in front of him. Jonathan Taylor, even if the Raiders are stacking the box, Jonathan Taylor should still get his 100 yards. I don't think that the Colts will be flummoxed by the Raiders up front the way the Broncos were last Sunday. I think the Colts win. Yeah, I agree with you, Mace, uh, except I don't agree with you about uh, the part about the Pats. They have to have Mac Jones because he's he's a king out there. Um, but the Colts, Mace, the what king. Do, <laughs> what what? He looks like uh, he looks like King George the Third in his later days, in his mad days, the last couple of games here. Yeah, don't I don't mm. uh, I don't pick up on that reference either. Um, but <laughs> I never yeah, I never heard of the. There was a film about this, but uh, what Madness, was it called? Madness of King George. Oh yeah, definitely have not heard of that. <laughs> that would make sense. Uh, but Mace, I do agree with you about the Colts. In fact, what do we talk when we talk about the Colts? Their weakest link in my mind is their quarterback. When Carson Wentz throws the ball, that's when the Colts potentially lose the game. That's what allowed the Patriots to come back in that game. So the quarterback position really doesn't matter that much. For the Colts, obviously, to an extent. But I do think Carson Wentz is back anyways. I'm going with the Colts here as well. And Ryan going with the underdog. He's going with the Raiders. He liked what he saw from them against the Broncos this week. Maybe that uh, means Ryan thinks the Broncos will win and we don't like the Broncos' chances. We'll get to that in just a second. The though. weird thing about the Raiders is that uh, they're still in pretty decent shape if they lose this game. Yeah. Yeah, that is crazy. Based on kind of how tiebreakers go, they they might be in perfectly fine shape if they don't beat the Colts. That is why it would be wild for them with the stretch that they went mm-hmm. on for them to still make the playoffs. Yeah, they could get a terrible they, stretch. They 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 have multiple chances to live here. And by the way, like if you're looking at if I were if I were betting on what game is going to be Sunday night football in week 18. Yeah. Chargers Raiders. Oh, I love that. Yep, yep, absolutely. Could be a playoff game. Or that game. could be a Saturday game. Right, could be a playoff game before the playoffs. Yep. It's Chargers yep. Raiders. You're absolutely right about that, Mason. Let's talk about uh, the uh, – well, let's talk about the Chiefs right now. Chiefs, four-and-a-half-point favorites going in to Cincinnati to play the Bengals, who are coming off a dominant win 
Who do you like? They're coming off a dominant win, but uh, we've you're, seen. You're picking the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm picking tell. the Chiefs. <laughs> and the reason why I'm picking the Chiefs here is because the Chiefs are much more consistent. Cincinnati, you still don't know what you're getting week to week. And I think yep. that it's it's a classic setup for a little bit of a, of a fallback. Honestly, I look at the Bengals, and I, I'm excited about where they can go. I enjoy, they're a fun team to watch right now. Yeah. Even when they came to Denver and only got 15 points, that was a fun team to watch when Joe Burrow was extending plays and, and was able to involve pretty much everyone but Jamar Chase. But I think the Bengals are a gear away. I could see them next year being a juggernaut. Right. That, Where they've that got the consistency. They develop that consistency. They take the next step. And they do have the kind of season the Chiefs have had, especially in the last couple of months. Right. I don't think they're there yet, and that's why I've got Kansas City winning this game. And what in what should be, it's fun to say this, Cincinnati has not been a very raucous place, but the jungle should be rocking on Sunday. Oh, That'll be fun to watch. Yeah, if, they, if it's ever going to be rocking, it's going to be in that game. And Mace, I agree with you. Ryan agrees with you. The Chiefs are the best team in the AFC, maybe even in the NFL right now. Yeah. Uh, and they're the hottest team as well. So it's going to be very tough to stop them. And we know the Chiefs are playing for something, so that means a lot. And they're still playing great defense. And that's yeah. kind of the thing here. You look at, you look at this team between Mahomes settling down and getting back into his groove and the way they're playing defense, this team looks like it's built to winning January and February. Yeah, yeah. It, I, th- it to does. me, they're the favorites to, sadly, the fav- for Broncos country, the favorites to walk away with their second Lombardi in three years. I agree with you. And what's ca- what's crazy is they were the favorites entering this season, despite yeah. the Bucks beating them in the Super Bowl. They were plus 500 over at DraftKings Sportsbook before the season began. They obviously fell a lot with mm-hmm. their slow start. Now they're plus 400. So they're even more favorites than the heavy favorites they were at the start of the season. And look how banged up the Bucks are, too. If that's the Super Bowl, I think the Bucks would be in a lot of trouble. Even though they've got Tom Brady, there comes a point where they're, they're losing a lot of next men, especially on that defensive side. They don't know if they're going to get Shaq Barrett back in time. The, the Bucks, I feel like, I feel like this is not Tampa Bay's year. Mace, you're being but modest. I'm, you're being modest. The Bucks are going to be fine. Don't worry. Your Bucks will be fine. Uh, <laughs> we'll all be we'll rooting see. for them if it's uh, that game again. I can tell you that. I Maybe this is finally the year we get Packers-Chiefs. No. Seems like we've no, talked about that Bucks. as a possibility the last <laughs> well, three that, seasons. If it's Packers-Chiefs, that means the Packers were in the NFC Championship game, which means it's impossible for them to make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, so. At some point, they're going to break through. <laughs> I, don't, I literally don't think it will ever Bre- happen. Breakthrough cases, Packers breakthrough. <laughs> and then, if the, look, if the Packers make the Super Bowl, and I'm sorry to say this for those who want Aaron Rodgers, I think the chance of Aaron Rodgers coming to Denver drop considerably. Because he retires or he stays in Green Bay? He runs it back in Green Bay mm. if they get to the Super Bowl. And win or just regardless if if they're there. I think if they just get there. Yeah. They'll they'll it'll be like, "All right, let's find a we're going we're going to do all the we're going to do all the cap gym, gymnastics yeah. possible. We're going to find a way to keep Devontae Adams. We're going to find a way to keep Aaron restructure and keep Aaron Rodgers." I agree. That's, I agree. Honestly, Aaron Rodgers would be crazy if he left a situation like that. Yeah, he would. I mean, if they're that close. Yeah. And it would be crazy for Green Bay not to run it back. Yes. That's, it'd yes. be crazy for him to leave, and it'd be crazy for Green Bay to guide him to the door. Yep, absolutely. And that's, that's why, why I don't think it would. And that's why I really, you know, he, he says he, he said this week he wants it resolved quickly. 
Mm-hmm. I think he knows. Thank you for that, by the way. I hope that's the case. I don't yeah. want to drag it on. Yeah, I don't either. I, <laughs> but realistically, it has. It's it's going to be resolved probably no later than the start of the league year. Yeah. And I think in his mind, he's probably got the. If it's one, if it's A, then I'll make this decision. If it's B, I'll make that decision. Right. I think he already knows. Mm-hmm. I think you're. I think you're right. And let's see if we're right on this Denver Broncos game right now at DraftKings Sportsbook. The Broncos are six and a half point dogs. I think that's probably going to jump above seven when more COVID news comes out. But maybe there's bad COVID news on the Chargers I mean, side as well. What if Justin well? Herbert tests test positive? Exactly. Like, that's the thing that could change this. Yeah. Yeah, because we know Drew Locke can't. Yes. Broncos are in, the Broncos be in better shape at quarterback. That is who's their backup now? That's Chase Daniel, I believe. America. So my question is, would they be in better shape? I feel like you're a big Chase Daniel guy. You love Chase I'll Daniel. I'll tell you what. You would rather have Chase Daniel than Drew Locke? I'd rather have Drew Locke. Really? For right one now. for one for game. One, for one game. Really? For one game. Wow. For one game. Today, like one game today, just because wow. I wow, th- yeah, I wouldn't. I'm not talking. I, if I had a, a veteran proven starter, I'd rather have Chase Daniel as the backup. Okay, but to start one, but to start one game because it's chaos. Lock can wing it around, and that's something that J- Chase Daniel doesn't have. It's a weird thing. I'd rather have Chase Daniel for four games, but I'd rather have Drew Lock for one game. Interesting. Because, well, no, Chase Daniel is more like kind of this. It's a lower variance, but lower right. level. But this is with Drew Lock. It's the high ceiling. So that's why I would rather have Drew Lock. Battle of Mizzou guys, if that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. The battle, the battle of the two. That's what I thought the quarterback room should have been in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. True locking Chase Daniel. <laughs> yep, and they could be going up against each other, but as of yeah. now, it is not. It is Justin Herbert. And Mace, just like last week, I want to get a little stat line prediction from what you think Drew Locke is going to put out. And when you think of that, I'll read Ryan's prediction right now. Ryan thinks 14 of 24. That's very underwhelming. 222 yards. Okay. One touchdown. One interception. I have to think with a stat line like that, Mace, that Ryan is choosing the Chargers. Would you think 14 and 24, 222 yards, one touchdown, one pick gets a win? No. I wouldn't think so. And I, I think And so. the other thing is, Chargers are a shaky defense, and I pointed out in the story that I've got at the, at the DMVR right now just how bad, how bad they are in first down rate, how bad they are in allowing 20-plus passes, 40 plus passes. They're going to give up explosive plays and they're going to give and they're going to allow you to move the chains through the air. But that being said, it's also a defense that is allowing 4.7 yards a carry. And you're not going to have Austin Austin Schlotman at center. You're going to have Lloyd Cushenberry. And while the Chargers get Joey Bosa back, I think we'll all agree you'll take the Raiders' defensive line and front seven over the Chargers, correct? Yes. Yes, most definitely. Bosa's probably the best, probably the best individual player. But the Raiders are deeper. We kind of we saw that the way they can they have two, they have two quality edges that they can trust. So I don't think you're going to see the Broncos have trouble running the ball the way they did, and that means it'll be Drew Locke off the play action when he does well, but it will not be frequent. Mm. I think you I think you end up seeing Drew Locke going going. 13 of 22 
Okay. 160 yards, Oof. a touchdown, and a pick. Ooh. Okay. I'm going to give you my stat line right now. Sure. I'm going to go 18 of 32. I believe that's exactly what I had last week, like that number. 241 yards, so the most passing yards. One touchdown and two turnovers. Okay. Probably in the form of a fumble and a pick, two pick. I'll go two picks. Uh, right. So I don't think any of those stat lines, yours, mine, Ryan's, I don't think any of those are winning stat lines from the Broncos. Mace, am, no. am I right on, on your bet? Correct, but I think they'll keep it close, which, which tells you what my pick is going to be <laughs> in our written preview. I think the Broncos lose a tight one. And what's the score? About uh, 20 to 17. 20 to 17. So you like the under, you like the Broncos to cover, but you like the Chargers to win. I've really wanted the Broncos to win this game. Sweep the Chargers. Tried convincing myself. Drew Locke. Drew Locke last that cost year. Some draft it would. Position. It would. Uh, but mm. last year, Drew Locke actually looked good against the Chargers in L.A. Let down Jerry by Jerry Judy's Judy. drops. Yes. Five yeah. drop game. Historically bad game. That does not happen no. this week. Jerry Judy has a good game this week. Uh, but, Mace, it's Drew Locke against Justin Herbert. It is the Broncos being really hit hard with COVID coming into this game with the Chargers getting healthier from COVID. And it's the Chargers needing this game. I mean, the Broncos yeah. can say all they want. And I, I think they will have a professional effort on Sunday. I don't think they're going to, I don't think they've got the stamp slick. They're not going to mail this one in. But the Chargers simply have more on the line, more to play for. There's the, that's that extra kind of digging deep down, and and I think they'll find a way again. That's why I kind of have this game being close and the Chargers eking it out at the end. Yeah, and I kind of like where you are in terms of this game being the under. The Chargers have an explosive offense. The Broncos' defense, credit to Vic Fangio. He's doing a heck of a job. The, the number one scoring defense in the NFL, tied with the New England Patriots right now. That's why I think the Broncos keep the Chargers in check. Chargers are going to drop 24 points. The Broncos offense, even against a really bad, really bad Chargers defense. Mace, they're the second worst defense in the NFL. They're giving up the second most points. Yet the Broncos offense just is not looking good. Uh, the offense scored six points last week. And the Raiders defense was, looking, was looking bad going into that game. That's another thing. Exactly. So I say the Broncos offense does better than they did last week, but only puts up 16 points. I'm going Chargers win, Chargers cover. And I think it's going to be very close to the line, especially because I think that line does jump over seven. And the Broncos put their offense put up 21 points against the Chargers back on Thanksgiving weekend. And the Chargers defense wasn't in great shape then either. And we thought that was one of the Broncos' better offense performances, especially when especially when, when Bridgewater was in there because he showed some dynam dynamism and he didn't turn the ball over. Yep. And yep. I mean, really, and look, and again, we have to talk about the good and the bad with Drew Locke. Drew Locke's decision kept to, and that led into the interception when he was trying to jam it in there to Kendall Hinton. That was the play that kept the Bronco kept the Broncos from running away for, with that game. Right. So, you know, it's, Drew hasn't played a clean game against the Chargers. I hope he can, but I'm not betting on it. Yeah, I'm not betting on either. What's really interesting is we all have Drew turning the ball over in this game after a game in which he just didn't do that. 
but it's because that was the third time in his career that he hasn't turned the ball over. He's he's way more prone to do it than not. And just and here's the thing. Vic Fangio knows a lot about what Brandon Staley is going to do. Brandon Staley, on the other hand, he was with the Broncos in 2019, so he has some insight into what Drew Locke is going to try to do and what you can bait Drew Locke into. And that's one of the reasons why I think you're going to see a Chargers takeaway in this game. And also, you mentioned the possibility of a fumble. That's where Bobby Massey being out for this game because of COVID and Cameron Fleming having to step in. That's where you get a little bit worried because with Matt, Massey has been very reliable this year. I mean, you and I have talked about this. If Massey wants to come back for 2022, I think you re-sign him to a one-year deal mm-hmm. because you're not you're not worried about those games that he's out there for. But that's gonna be that's gonna be a hit, and they're one injury away at tackle from having to you know from to go in and play Quinn Bailey. Yeah, who got a game ball? Yes, Quinn Quinn or uh, game ball Quinn Bailey and Ryan uh. or Mace Ryan has Drew going 14 to 24, 222 yards, one touchdown. One pick, which we both think is not enough to get it done. Ryan disagrees. Ryan says Drew can throw for almost 50% completion, be even on touchdowns and interceptions, and the Broncos can win thanks to a missed extra point by the Chargers. Broncos win 20-19 to in his eyes. Wow. You know what? But that's – I figured he'd do that because he just doesn't want to pick the Chargers. (laughs) Yes. and look, there is the chance that the Chargers charger it. Yep. That's the Broncos' hopes of victory are on the Chargers being themselves. Yeah. Historically I, speaking. At some, but at some point, I, mean, I, I step back and think, you think, how are they going to lose this? But then you're like, okay, they're more talented. I mean, they're, Kenneth Murray went on the COVID list uh, yesterday. I don't think that hurts him any. Right. Murray was not playing well. Right. Mace, <laughs> I. I I'm not comfortable with my pick because I think it's going to be more of a blowout. I think the Chargers are going to beat them by more than eight points. I just don't know where it's going to happen. Are the Broncos really going to score less than 16 points? I don't think this defense is going to be bad. I think they're going to be able to slow them down. So if you had to give me advice, where are the Broncos going to get blown out? Is it by not scoring points or is it giving Mm -hmm. up points? They're going to – it's not scoring points, right? So then it would be 24 to, like, 10, 24 to 7, something like that. I think – Sheesh. Do you see ESPN's FPI projection for this game? What is it? 16 to 8, Chargers. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know what? I mean, gouge my eyes out if that game happens. Seriously. We all (laughs) like the under in that, and we all like to gouge our eyes out. And if you want to get in on any of these picks, check out our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook where you can get all of these picks. Maze, I believe the over-under right now is 46. We all like the under. You can smash the under over at DraftKings Sportsbook right now. And on top of that, besides just getting in on this game, you can get in on all of today's college action. You can get in on tomorrow's college action, which really quick, Maze, I want to get your picks, quick picks, uh-huh. on the two semifinal games tomorrow. And let's do these against the spread. Cincinnati at Alabama. Alabama, 13.5-point favorite over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Alabama barely covers the spread. Okay, so Bama's covering. I, I got like it, Alabama it. by 14. Love it. I'm going Bama cover, and Ryan says Bama by millions. So we all got Bama cover, and then the uh, night but game. But I think Cincinnati makes it interesting for a while and then Bama gets it late. There, there's a there's a late takeaway involved. There's pulling away late to cover the spread. Fair. And then late game, Georgia, 7.5-point favorite versus Michigan. 
easily the toughest defense that the the that the Wolverines have seen yep. since uh, since they hammered Wisconsin back in September. Yep. And I think, with all respect to what Jimmy Leonard does at Wisconsin, and if he's the guy that he is my out of left field person that I would interview for the Broncos head coaching job. Oh, of course you would. Former Broncos safety. Mm. Rex Ryan said smartest players ever coached. I love it. Which means he thinks he's smarter than Ray Lewis. Right. Terrell Suggs. Right. Says a lot about about Jimmy Leonard. You see how smart he is on a week to week basis. Michigan but but Georgia's defense has better athletes. No, not surprisingly, right. than Wisconsin does. Just yep. they're recruiting from Florida, from te- from Georgia, from South Carolina, et cetera. Different kind of player than you get recruiting in the Upper Midwest. That's going to be too much for Michigan. I got Georgia in that other semifinal, yep. all SEC final. I'm sorry to say because I am rooting for Michigan and I'm rooting for Cincinnati. I want a Michigan Cincinnati championship, which, by the way. It would be a nightmare for the SEC to lose both those semifinals. It'd be a nightmare for Ohio State to look to the school up north and the school down <laughs> south being in the national championship game. Yeah. I'd love to see that. It's not happening. Yeah, it's not happening. I'm going to love the SEC championship game with uh, so much talent on the field. An SEC championship game featuring Alabama and Georgia. That's what's going to happen. Ryan thinks that, too. We all like Alabama and Georgia, and this just made it, so I'm going to place that bet. I'm going to put a two-team parlay, Alabama and Georgia, not just winning, but covering the spread. That's going to be my action tomorrow. And then on Sunday, if you want to get in on the action over at DraftKings Sportsbook, Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win, and if they win, you win $200 in free bets. What a way to start off your account for new customers. $200 in free bets, which then you can use in that national championship game, Mace. So get in on the action now. Use the code DNVR over at DraftKings Sportsbook to get in on the offer of turning $5 into $200 in free bets. And of course, you must be 21 year old or Colorado only. You new customers only, your and supplies. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Pardon me, I also want to tell you about Green Mountain Dental. Of course, if you want to make a good New Year's resolution, this is our last podcast of 2021. How about that? Wow. Yeah, it's going to be 2022. Next time we talk, yeah. And we all thought it was going to be much better than 2020. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> We're more, st- more Broncos wins, that's for sure. Hey, yeah, that's true. That's, yeah, that's very true. But... There are things you can do, even in the midst of all the chaos in the world, to make sure that your life is a little bit better. And one of them is by taking care of your teeth. And there's no better place in the Denver metro area to do that than at Green Mountain Dental Group. And if you don't know, Green Mountain Dental is in Lakewood. They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area. And they're Colorado sports fans just like you are. And they're going to make you feel like they're, you're part of the family. If you become a new patient, they'll send you a personal card. They'll... Give you a call to check on you after your appointment, after your procedure. That's something uh, that people on our staff have learned. You know, we had uh, Lindsay, who was our, who's been our sales director, who got a call after she had her wisdom teeth removed from Green Mountain Dental Group. That's the kind of service that they provide. They care for you not just when you're sitting in that dentist chair. And here's the thing. If you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam at Green Mountain Dental, you're going to get a free Sonic Care toothbrush a terrific freebie this isn't just some crap giveaway this is something that'll change your brushing habits it'll change the health of your teeth i use a sonicare toothbrush it's the only one i use you use a sonicare toothbrush too right Zach? absolutely absolutely 
Best in the business. And you can get that for free if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam at Green Mountain Dental Group. They're 15 minutes from downtown Denver. They're a longtime DNVR partner, as they would say in the film Blue Chips, friends of the program. So show them some love. Check out Green Mountain Dental Group today. And check out us, the American Raptors coverage that we have over at thednvr.com. You can't beat our guy Colton Strickler has you covered with everything Colorado rugby. And they've rebranded once again to be called the American Raptors. And it is so cool what they've got going on. Not only the American Raptors, they're Rugby Town USA's newest rugby team. And if you want to check out a game, the awesome thing, Mace, it's free. You get to go for free. Head over to AmericanRaptors.com and grab your free tickets to the upcoming season. And if you can't make the game, go to AmericanRaptors.com because they'll be streaming all the games from their website. And, of course, check out our coverage, not just on the DNVR.com, but any place that you want to catch at or catch uh, a pod. Just search DNVR Rugby Podcast, and we'll pop up right there. You want to learn about rugby, that's a perfect place. You want to get caught up to what's going on with the American Raptors, that is a perfect place. So make sure to check the American Raptors out over at AmericanRaptors.com. And, of course, check out our coverage over at DNVR.com, where our guy Guy Cor- Col- Colton Strickler has you covered. All right, Mason. Cortland Strickler. I, li- I like that. Cortland yeah. Sutton has got you covered. Yeah. All right, Mason. Let's hop into the comment section and talk to the people. Yes, let's get going here as we dive in. And Kale, real quick, do we have any super chats today? All righty. All right. So Nemo 3 gets us started. I'm thinking we have to improve our O-line boys, the interior specifically. Lloyd Cushenberry is great and still young, but no thanks. I think this offseason, we inevitably will give up draft capital, possibly multiple firsts and seconds to get a big-name vet. However, I think regardless, we still need two faces up front. I think he's referring to a veteran quarterback. In a potential trade to get an elite quarterback, do you think we give up so much draft capital that drafting a plug-and-play lineman becomes out of reach? For reference, I really like what Tampa Bay did by getting Tom and Wirfs, Tom Brady and Tristan Wirfs in the same offseason. It paid dividends for them immediately. Yeah, I think real quick, if you do trade for one of those elite quarterbacks, the single best asset you are trading to that team is a first-round pick that could be top 10. Yeah. So that's valuable. I think if you're going to get one of those elite quarterbacks, you have to accept that 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 first round pick and that plug and play lineman is probably out of reach for yeah you. yeah pro- probably out of reach as well and you're probably also trading a second round mm-hmm. pick this year's second since that's more valuable than next year's second so you're probably going to be going with Lloyd Cushenberry maybe if you if you really don't like what he's doing you slide Quinn Minert's over I think if this staff is still here specifically Vic Fangio and Mike Munchak uh then I do think Mace, that we're, we'll be talking about Lloyd Cushenberry as a center again. Yeah, and look, he's played better. And I think the other thing is now you've had a chance to experience life without Lloyd Cushenberry <laughs> yeah. up front. And he sometimes it takes a game like that to find out just how valuable somebody is. Yep. And and look, the other thing is O-linemen, they do, t- they do take a while to kind of grow. And it's interesting like how you look at a lot of the better O-lines in football, and unless you've got that plug-and-play guy, they're fill- a lot of the best O-lines are filled with guys on their second team. So I think probably you stick it out with Cushenberry. O- O-line probably more than quarterback even takes some time. Quarterback, we've right. seen a lot more guys be successful early than, o- than in that first year than O-line. 
Yeah. Proportionally speaking. Yeah, and and, and on top of that, Mace, uh, if you're going with the veteran quarterback, everyone on the line is going to be improved with him. Well, remember when Peyton Manning walked in? The Broncos had one of the worst lines in football in 2011 with Tim Tebow figure, trying to figure things out. Peyton Manning comes in, boom. Statistically one of the best. Now, that tells you that quarterback has an impact, and the thing you learn is a lot of sacks are on the quarterback, not on the offensive line. Even last week, some of the struggles, you know, there were times where Drew Locke was drifting a little bit. Yep. And that didn't help the O-line's cause as well. It's never it's never totally on the O-line. Yeah, exactly. Next one coming in from Wildcard. Hey, fellas, has a coach with as bad of a tenure as Fangio ever made it to a fourth season? I cannot imagine too many professional sports teams have kept coaches around for longer than three consecutive losing seasons with zero prior success. Thanks for the great content. Ya boy, Wildcard. Well, I mean, I took a look at coaches uh, uh, late last week that um, – that missed the playoffs in in all of their first three seasons on the job, and uh, majority of them didn't make it to year four. And of the thirty six that did since the merger, only fourteen end up making the playoffs with their team. So think about that for a moment. You're if you bring that coach back, the chances of success are pretty limited. Now, if we want, if you just give me a second here, I actually have the Excel file in front of me. So let's take a look at. Uh, what Vic Fangio's uh, percent? What what is Vic Fangio's percentage right now? He is at uh, let's see seven and nine plus five seven and nine plus five and eleven. So that's twelve and twenty plus uh, seven. So he's so that's uh, seven. That's seventeen and uh, that's that, that can't nineteen and twenty nine, right? Okay, sure. I, I trust your mental math. Absolutely. I think I I feel like I'm off or or nineteen and nineteen and twenty eight. So 19 divided by 47 total games. That's a 404 winning percentage. And so let's see here. Comparable coaches that missed the playoffs each of their first three years and had right around that level of winning percentage. Well, let's see here. You've got um, Bum Phillips, New Orleans, Mike McCormick, Philadelphia, Gene Stallings, St. Louis, Phoenix Cardinals, John Gruden, who got ousted for different reasons with the Raiders recently, Dirk Cutter with the Bucks, Marv Levy with the Chiefs, Todd Bowles with the uh, the Jets, Romeo Cornell with the Browns back in the 2000s, Bill Belichick, yeah. if you really want to have some hope, Bill Belichick yeah. with the Browns, 91-93, yeah. Lindy well, Infante, Packers, John Makovic, Chiefs, Forrest Gregg, Packers, Walt Michaels, and, and the Jets. Walt and, and think about it this way. Um, and then Jeff Fisher with the Titans. So Fisher figured it out eventually. Mm, didn't win it yeah, all. Yeah, kind of. Belichick figured it out with another team. Yep. And then uh, Walt Michaels got to a single championship game and then uh, then got fired. But most of the names I mentioned, Gene Stallings, Marv, Marv Levy figured out with another team with Buffalo, but in Kansas City didn't get him going. But you got a lot more Lindy Infantes and John Makovics and Forrest Greggs and, and, Todd, and, and, and Todd Bowles's and Dirk Cutters than you have of the other. Well, and so two other things I think. One that we're going to be talking about a lot the next couple of weeks is Vic Fangio could potentially end this season with the number one scoring defense in the NFL. So the team success isn't there in flying colors this year. It's not awful, 
But there's some other things that he can mm. really hang his hat on, which can make George Payton say, let's give this one more year to see if the offense can come together. So he does have that. And my guess is those other guys didn't have the number one either scoring offense or defense on their side. And the other thing is, Mace, progress. George Payton could convince himself that, that Vic Fangio made progress the, you, this year. You can, but I do think uh, let's assume um, – Let's assume you're factoring in a recent run of form. If they lose these two and they're seven and ten, yeah. having lost three in a row at the, having lost, uh, pardon me, before in a row at the end, and having gone four and ten after a three and zero start, I find it hard to um, find it hard to justify bringing him back. That's fair. That, that that's instance. fair. He will. He just will have the defense with him, but he will. And the other thing with Vic Fangio is, I think there are things that we know that probably aren't changing. Fangio is not an exceptional game manager. I don't think that's going to get any better at this right. point. Yep, yep. You'd be crazy to to bank on that. That's for sure. All right, Mace, we have eight minutes for five questions. Let's hit them all. Sir James says, says, man, I absolutely enjoyed yesterday's backdoor pilot for DNVR R-rated. DNVR. I was fully in, it, it, engorged in the conversation. Oh, it, engorged? <laughs> it wow. definitely had me coming back for more. I mean, slump busting? Finger massage stretching, adding inches. That's oh, what, lordy mama. That's what she said. If I had to rate it on a scale <laughs> of 1 to 60, I'd give it a rock hard 55. Indicative to the name that comes on the back of the jersey. <laughs> I think you guys have something in this After Dark podcast that is definitely ready to go all the way. Have a great day, Jen. After Dark, we did that thing at 9.15 in the morning. Imagine what we could do at 9.15 wow. at night. Yeah, you know we, we, dim, we dim the lights a little bit. Lou Drock says, hey, guys, hope you're Bum, well. Chicka, wow, wow. I have a timing question for you, please. The Seahawks season will be officially over on Sunday, January 9th, whereas it's highly likely the Packers season won't be over until Sunday, February 14th. At, I don't know about that. At what point can Peyton start having conversations with the Seahawks about trading for Wilson? I'm just wondering if there's noises from both sides. Could the Broncos verbally wrap up a trade for Wilson in January before the Super Bowl has ever been played and before the new league year starts in March? It will be interesting to see which path Peyton goes down, but I imagine he'll want to get a jump on other teams, so we'll need to move immediately on his guy. Your thoughts on these timings and how you think this may play out, please? Cheers, Charlie. That's a really good point. Because last year, Matthew Stafford, the, the terms were agreed to in, in January. Yep, before the playoffs were over. Right. And then Alex Smith, when he was traded from Kansas City to Washington to clear the path for Patrick Mahomes, that trade literally went down during the media party on Tuesday night of Super Bowl week. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like the media party is happening and Everyone who covers Washington, Kansas City, or was in, or was working with those teams was scrambling. Yeah, at that moment. Yeah. So yeah, it I, that's something to consider. Of course, also you're going to want to have a coach in place too. Yeah, you're going to want to have a coach in place, and and also yeah, you'll want to get a jump on it. But if George Payton's getting a new head coach, doesn't wouldn't he want to get a jump on it and have? been making interviews this week setting up interviews so one either that indicates he doesn't want to move on from Vic or two he's not going to take as quick of a jump on things as one may think yeah perhaps perhaps that's the case and perhaps and for all we know groundwork has already been laid for what they want to do 
Yeah, potentially. Dan Burke says, hey, guys, I know it's now a three-game sample size, so I'm starting to feel confident that what we're seeing with Jonas Griffith isn't a fluke. To that point, he's the second-highest-graded linebacker in the league, according to PFF, and is ahead of Michael Parsons and has the highest-graded coverage grade out of every linebacker in the league, too, a score above 90. With that, what have been your impressions of him in this three-game sample size, and how do you guys feel about re-signing Josie Jewell and rolling with Josie Browning and Griffith, top three for the linebacker? inside linebacker position and maybe supplementing it with a day three pick. I'd be fine with that. Look, I've said that of the mm-hmm. uh, the guys whose contracts are expiring, you might bring back. I, Josie be my first choice in that group. And then you kind of let Jewel and uh, Griffith battle it out for one spot, perhaps. Um, I'll say this. I'm not where you are on Jonas Griffith just yet, in part because of uh, what we saw on, on Sunday. There, were, It was issues up front, but uh, the inside linebackers, I thought, weren't immune to uh, the problems that besieged the Broncos against the Raiders running game. So I'm not uh, I'm not at that point where I'm giving the keys to Jonas Griffith just yet. Yeah, that that that's fair. Uh, you also have Kenny Young in there. I mean, the Broncos are going to be yeah. letting some talented linebackers go, and we didn't even say the name Alexander mm-hmm. Johnson. Yeah, I think it's funny. I think Johnson's probably kind of on the outs, but again, this is where if you move on from the, mm-hmm. coach, from the coaching staff, you might be looking at things a little bit different. It's very true. Cosmo Kelly says, R.I.P. John Madden. Because of him, 13-year-olds everywhere have better clock management than Vic Fangio. Yeah, did, did you, I, you weren't surprised that Vic Fangio said yesterday he's never played video games, never played Madden. Didn't surprise Absolutely not. Yes. Not surprised at but all. The thing I thought to myself is, like, he never played, like, I mean, he was in his, he was in his early 20s when, like, Pac-Man and Space Invaders were things. Tell me that Vic... Uh, <laughs> Vic never slipped on down to the to the art the arcade in South Philly and uh, after a Philadelphia Stars practice and uh, played a little Pac Man when he was in his twenties. He was already grinding film. I know. I, I, <laughs> by the way, th- there are some people you can't imagine being young. Yes, it's hard to imagine Vic Fangio young. It is. You yes. know what? I, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Like sometimes I, I and I, I want I wonder what was Vic like. When he was, uh, you know, like a 20, a 25, 26-year-old linebacker coach with the stars in the USFL. What was he like that year he was a graduate assistant on North Carolina staff under Dick Crum? I mean, I, what was he like then? Ask him that. Yeah. Ask him that. What were you like when you were younger, Vic? I'm sure he'll give you a great answer. That's the thing. He, <laughs> I'd rather ask him that off to the side, but I don't want, like, but I sometimes think to myself, like, you know, what were you like when you were 25? <laughs> it's a great question. Something yeah. I'll ponder. Some people, well, some weekend. people just seem like they were meant to be 60 years old right from the jump. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And our final one here coming in from the Big T, who just gives a shout out to Manscaped and his personal experience with Manscaped. And Mace, with that, that'll do it for us. Thank you all so much for rolling with us today. Have a fantastic weekend. We'll be back with you after the Broncos maybe pull off an upset Mm -hmm. and their playoff odds are still alive on Sunday evening. We'll be back with the post-game pod just a few minutes after the game's over, so make sure to head to YouTube. Hit us with a like on your way out. We'd really appreciate it. Subscribe and hit turn on those alerts so you know when we're going live. But for Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. Have a terrific Thursday, a fabulous weekend, and we'll talk to you in the new year. Happy New Year, everyone. I know some landmarks we used to 
sé.